All right, good morning. So open your Bibles, uh, if you have them, or open Google, if you've got that, to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 17 this morning. Uh, and I'm going to be intentionally shorter than I usually am, uh, just because kids are kind of restless. And uh, so, uh, but we're going to be looking at the call of a man named Levi. And so we've been, we've been tracking all the way through Mark up into this point where we've, we've been asking the question of who then is this? And so we've seen Jesus do a couple different things. Uh, we've seen this guy coming as the forerunner before him, calling people to like remember or realize that they're sinful. And then we saw him call first, his first disciples. And then we saw him, uh, what did we see last week? We saw him forgive and heal a man who was paralyzed. But when he called his first disciples, which we saw two weeks ago, there was something he said to them, and that was, follow me. And so when he came to these disciples, he said, I want you to follow me. And we looked for that whole sermon of what does that mean to actually follow him? And what it means is to die to yourself. And so when Jesus calls you to follow him, it's not simply admit, believe, and confess, and then you're good forever. No, your life then should back it up, which is what John 14 says. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And so if you truly love Jesus, then you will die to yourself and actually follow him with your life. Now, that's what we saw a couple weeks ago when we, saw, when we looked at Jesus calling Peter and Andrew and James and John to follow him. Now, this morning, what I want us to see is he's, he's going to ask another guy to follow him. But instead of focusing on what does that actually mean to follow him, I want to look at who he asks to follow him here. That's what I want us to see this morning. And so we just had finished him healing a paralyzed man, and now verse 13 says he went out again besides the sea, and the whole crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And then verse 14 says, and then passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the toll booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he got up and followed him. And while he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who were following him. When the scribes who were the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he told them, it's not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let's pray before we dig into God's word this morning. So, Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for your word. And I pray that you would use it to speak to us into our lives this morning of understanding, one, who you, who you call to follow you, but then also our attitude towards all of the people that you desire to follow you, God. And so I pray that you would speak to us this morning with those words. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, going out, he's teaching, and then he passes by a thing called a tax booth. There was a guy named Levi who was there, and Jesus comes up to this guy, and he says, hey, I want you to follow me. So, for many of us, or for most of us, the significance of this event really is not there, because we pay taxes all the time, right? It's just kind of part of the thing. Like, we have IRS agents in this church. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we have IRS agents here. And so, 
Um, and so, like, it's just commonplace for us. But back then, Israel was under the rule of someone else. Israel, they were not their own governors. They were not their own government. They had the Romans who were over them and who levied taxes against them. And so, and so that's what's happening here. And so when you hear the word tax collector, you think evil Romans who are taking away our money. Now, they, they didn't function under our cultural uh, ideals like to where today, one of the things we prize as a society is diversity. We want cultural and ethnic diversity, and that's a good thing. Back then, that no one cared about that. If you were a Jew, you were a Jew, and you were against all other nations. It was, everything was very nationalistic. That's the way it worked. And so you had one nation under the rule of another nation, the Roman Empire, and so now, then they bring in these tax collectors to come and take your money. So imagine, imagine you have to pay a tax anytime you want to drive to Walmart. You have to use, you want to use the roads, you got to pay a tax. It's not just, I mean, you have to do that now if you get on the toll road, but whatever. So you have to pay a tax, okay? So say you got to go to Walmart and you got to stop at this toll booth and you got to pay a guy $2, okay? $2, okay, if you're a kid, it's two whole dollars, okay? But... There's a guy there in the toll booth who actually is an American just like you. And he lives just across the street from you in your own neighborhood. Now, uh, back up. Let's imagine the Iranian government has taken over the United States, is now levying taxes against us, okay? Whether you think the Iranians are good or not, they're now taking over, okay? And they are levying taxes against us. Now when you go to the toll booth, you're paying Iran your $2 to go to Walmart. Then you have your neighbor who's an American who's now working at that toll booth, except when you go to the toll booth, you know that the toll is $2. But he says, if you want to pass, it's $4. Jerk. Like, I know, you, you know that it's $2, but this guy, he says, I'm the one with the gun here. And uh, if you don't pay the $4, you're not getting through. Now, we all know this dude is just going to keep the extra $2 himself. And so that is what Levi is. He is a Jew who's working for the Romans and is taking extra money on top of the taxes that you're having to pay to go to Walmart. So if you are a nationalistic American and you're driving to Walmart and you already hate the Iranians that have taken over the United States... What do you feel about this dude who should be on your team? You don't like this guy very much. And so Jesus actually tells a parable in the, in the Gospel of Luke in which he uses the tax collector as the foil or as the, as the antagonist to the Pharisees, the righteous, amazing Pharisees that culturally everyone looks up to. And so tax collectors for them... They were like a leper. You stayed away from them. You didn't want anything to do with this guy because he was a traitor and he was a symbol of the Roman authorities that were overtaking you. That's what this guy was. And so everyone hated him. And so as a result, this dude did not have a ton of people who loved him. He had money, but not a lot of friends. And up to this guy who's at work at the toll booth, Jesus walks up to him. <laughs> 
and he says, follow me. And there's something incredibly profound in this. There's something incredibly profound in that Jesus walks up to the most hated man in society and says, I want you to follow me. That's what he does here. And so there's something that we learn about Jesus in this. There's two things that I want you to learn. That Jesus accepting the unacceptable here teaches us about him. One is it teaches us that there is great hope for us, right? It teaches us that there is great hope for us because Jesus wants us. People who are messed up, people who have messed up lives, people who are unacceptable to society or to other people, people who are sinners, people who are traitors, Jesus wants them. And we can learn that from this. And so here's the, here's the lesson is that you are not too far off from Jesus. You are not too far gone or too so filled with sin that Jesus says, nah, that's too much for me. And you got to get yourself right before you come to me. No, Jesus walks up to him in the toll booth and he says, I want you to follow me. He takes the initiative. And so I want you to hear that is that no one is too far off. There is great hope for you and great hope for me and that Jesus wants us. But catch this. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. And he's reclining at the table in the aftermath of calling Levi to follow him. And many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples. Listen, for there were many who were following him. This wasn't a one-time event. This wasn't a one-time event for this guy. Notice, you don't have, like, he doesn't accept these guys, like, as they are and leave them there forever. No, he accepts them and calls them into a process of discipleship, of following him. And look what he says in verse 17. He says, he says it's not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. And so here's his point. Here's his point. He is the doctor, and he loves people who have messed up lives because in that point, or at that point, it's easy to recognize how much you need him. Jesus loves people who know that they need him. That's his point here. And that's what this tax collector and these sinners, that's where they're at. They know, if they look at their lives, they know that they're outcasts, they know that they're messed up, they know that they're sinful, they know that they're greedy, and it's easy at that point to recognize, hey, I'm messed up and I need Jesus. And that's what he's saying here. And, but for all of us here, there's something in this, in that Jesus the doctor has come for us. Because this tax collector really is a picture of all of us. It's a picture of all of us because truly deep down, if you look at your life, like you recognize things in yourself that this guy had a reputation for, for being greedy, for being immoral. And I know that in me, if I actually look at my life and I take a second to slow down, that's me. That's me. And in many ways, we presume to be like the Pharisees who are, who are look, at the, look what they say. Look what they say, verse 16, when the scribes and the who were the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Why does he associate with these kinds of people, those people, as in I'm not included in them? 
and we can presume to be like them. And we compare ourselves to people who are worse than us in order to build ourselves up. And it's people like us, though, who are greedy and immoral and prideful that Jesus comes to and he says, follow me and I will make you like me. That is the gospel. That's the gospel. And he guaranteed that one day we would actually become like him through our faith when he died on the cross and he gave us the spirit who enables us to follow him. And so he does. But here's the second thing I want you to learn. Here's the second thing we see here. Look at verse 16 and 17 again. When the scribes who were the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, it's not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. For many of us good people who grew up in church, had a history of church, we, we, know, the, we know the story of Zacchaeus, we know the story of Abraham, we know, the story, we know all the stories and all this kind of stuff. We might have a tendency, not all of us, but some of us have a tendency to look down on others who really do need, like, not that we don't, but who, who need Jesus. Of saying, oh, that dude's, look at that dude. He's like, he's vaping nonstop, whatever, whatever. That it's, apparently that's horrible now. Uh, who's doing that, or who is, who's really into internet stuff. I'm going to be vague. Who's really into, uh, like, who's, who's, who's abusive, or who is really, uh, that's, you know, you know what I'm saying. And so what I'm saying is, is we have a tendency, like we are self-idolaters. Like we love me some me. And so like I love my family more than anyone in the world. But you know who I love more than my family? Me. That's what I love most. And so I am all about worshiping myself. And in moments when I, when I think about how righteous I am or how good I am, I have a tendency to puff myself up and compare myself to people who are less righteous than I am. It's, <coughs> and so we, we turn to people, we look at people with contempt, and we look at people with judgmentalism. But the good news that we learn here is that for people like us, Jesus also came. Jesus also came. Jesus, the great doctor, has come for us to reveal, like he does for these Pharisees here, to reveal our prideful hearts. And saying, you have this sickness within you, this pride within you, and through the work of the Spirit in our lives, as we follow Jesus, he reveals us and leads us to understand his command to love others to love other people as you do yourself. And that's, that's what he's revealing here for these people. And so intentionally short here, so as the band comes up, what we learn from Jesus here, what we learn from Jesus here is that Jesus has come for us. Jesus has come for us, has the great doctor has come for us, both for us who feel like we're so distant from God and we're so away from God that he could never love me, but also for those of us who feel like we are so righteous and feel like God owes us because we have attended church every year, every year, every day of the year. Because like we have grown up in this way, we know all the stories and we feel like we're sick of the stories because we heard them so much and like I know all the stories and so therefore I'm good. 
wherever we're at, what Jesus says here is that he's come for us. He's come for us. And so this morning, what we should do in response is praise God. It's praise God because Jesus has come for us. And so let's press on and following him with our lives. Because out of our faith, we know that that's our highest good. That's our highest good. Let's pray. So Father, come before you this morning. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for calling sinful people like us to follow you. And I pray that we would be encouraged by that, but also challenged by that. To press on in following you. And I live in the past, but then also... As we, as we move our lives on in following you, that we don't look down on other people who are in the position that we used to be in and being sinful, but that we would call them to follow you too. And so pray that you would continue to speak through us throughout this week. And that in response this morning, that we would praise you just out of gratitude that you are a God who's come for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.